Hello and welcome to episode 44 of the Tech Reformation, where the world of technology meets the worldview of Christianity. My name is Ben. My name is Craig. My name is Derek. And this is also Tank. <laughs> I couldn't think of any clever way to change Why is it also Tank? Was there a previous <laughs> Tank? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I didn't want to say, and this is named Tank. So <laughs> I'm not very good at I'm not very good at improv. I wasn't ever in a speech class. So also came out. <laughs> so my camera died on my phone last week. And Did that throttle your data? <laughs> <laughs> well, the replacement process is all, always a little bit irritating, but this this is a story right here. So um, this is, of course, a company phone, so I have to go through uh, Verizon to try to, you know, you know, get a replacement. You have to use their their account and everything. Um, and I did it myself because otherwise, I, the the tech guy at work would have had to keep my phone for like a day and a half, and I was be like, I can't work without my phone for a day and a half. So called them up myself, and they said, Ah, your phone is not actually eligible for a replacement. It doesn't look like a Verizon phone. I'm like, okay, well, I did. I know I did get like a, a 64 gigabyte iPhone 5s when they were like running out of stock in stores for of of 64 gigabyte iPhone 5s's. So I went and talked to the tech guy, and he said, "Yeah, it's not showing up in in our account as being a Verizon phone and being under warranty." And so what what ultimately happened, like. Man, I tell you, I get the weirdest uh, tech glitches. Like I'm the, I'm always the person that confuses the customer service guy, and because they've never seen this problem before, like even higher ups. Like, <laughs> but what happened was the IMEI number, like the device ID number, for some reason was wrong in Verizon's, and uh, however Verizon tracks that. Oh, that's interesting. And so they couldn't see that my phone was actually, you know, still under warranty, was still a Verizon phone, et cetera. And they couldn't fix it until, like, we had to do some crazy SIM swapping um, kind of stuff. So, ah, but I did get my new phone, and now my camera works. So that's good. I was Ooh. really hoping that there would be no more 64-gigabyte iPhone 5Ss in the in the market and that I would get like an iPhone SE, but hmm. no such luck. No such luck. But iPhone SE sounds like a backwards step to me. It just sounds like, um, I don't know. You know how you get like learner versions of software and it's like LE <laughs> yeah. or SE or something. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or I just or think NT. of like, I just think of the old, uh, Macintosh SE. Um, and like, it, it just feels like an old, like, uh, suffix it does sound like me. an old name. Yeah, I used to have Need for Speed SE on my four eight six or whatever it was, mm -hmm. <laughs> my early PC. Yeah, good times. Well, guys, I am the proud owner of a brand new six week old. That's sort of an oxymoron. Brand new <laughs> six week old golden doodle puppy. Oh, it's so Yay! cute, and he's the cutest. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I have That's a golden. Man. I just don't have a doodle. Well, well, I do have a doodle, but not that kind of doodle. I just have a golden retriever, but they're awesome dogs. Speaking of doodles, I heard you guys talk about poop last week, and I was not happy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, my reco spoiler alert this week is going to be get yourself a puppy because they are awesome. 
They don't know how to pee outside. You have to teach them that. <laughs> they cry when you put them where they sleep. I mean, they're just, they keep you up at 4 a.m. It's, it's just the greatest thing ever. But you <laughs> so know what? You overlook all of it because they're just the cutest little bundle of joy. Oh, gosh, I love my pup. He's so great. His name's Mosby, by the way. Um, after, so After Ted Mosby on, uh, what's it yes, called? Actually, nice. Yes, actually, yes. I met your brother. Uh, yeah, the, it was the first show that my wife and I watched all the way through after we got married. So, sort of uh, a special, yes. special thing for us. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Mosby. Um, and he's awesome. Also, I'm losing my mind, uh, and I feel totally obsolete because I'm having to learn rails at work. Uh, and man, it is like drinking from a fire hose. Probably what, only Tank knows what I'm talking about. What are you, what are you currently versed in? .NET. Okay. Is this like completely different? Um, or, I mean, I'm, I'm I mean, they're both programming. They're still programming languages. <laughs> but like, like, I don't, I don't know anything about development. Them. So, yeah. Uh, well, it's just, yeah, it's just a different language, different uh, framework, different everything, different dev tools, different. Actually, for me, it's even a different operating system because I had to do, obviously, you do .NET in Windows, mm -hmm. and I'm doing Ruby in, on the Mac side. Um, I heard that Ruby's meant to be relatively easy to pick up, though. Is ask me true? in like a few weeks. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> because as of today, no, but I'm sure it is. It's just, it's very different. That's all. So, yeah. Can't you just say gem install whatever? Yeah, you can. But gem install money. And Jim, now you have an app that makes you money. Yeah, gem build my <laughs> app for me doesn't work. So. <laughs> Uh, Tank just gave out the whole secret of programming. Everyone, <laughs> go try that and see what happens. It spits it out of your CD drive, I'm pretty sure. It's like importing anti-gravity into Python, right? Exactly. <laughs> I can fly. <laughs> I think that is XKCD 363. I'm that sounds about right. I'm going to see if I'm correct. Yep. If you know the number, that's scary. I would know it because I've seen it way too many times. But no, <laughs> that's wrong. That's uh that one says thirty eight days since someone reset this sign. It's it's three fifty three. Ah, uh, it's ten off. Yeah, yep. I've seen that comic a lot. Which one is the one where they're sword fighting in the hall because their code's compiling? Seventy four. You made that up. Did, but I'm probably lawyer. Close. <laughs> three hundred and three. <laughs> Pretty close. Seventy four <laughs> is a binary Sudoku. Uh, ah. And it's amazing. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, by the way, I have a federal election today. How fun is that going to be? You have a federal election. How's that work? <laughs> yeah. Wait, are they changing prime ministers again in Australia? Quite possibly. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's the thing we do. We just get sick of people and so we replace them. Wow. Um, wow. No. It, so, what happened was, again, this time around, our current prime minister, Malcolm Turnbull, took over from Tony Abbott, thank goodness, because Tony Abbott was atrocious. Um, he took over from him during Tony Abbott's term, so he was not elected. He was just part of the party that was elected and took over the position. Mm -hmm. And that happened. that's happened before under Kevin Rudd, Julia Gillard, backwards and forwards, backstabbing each other and stuff. So this is an actual election where Malcolm Turnbull's called the election to find out whether people want him in the job or whether they want Bill Shorten, the Labor guy. Um, and so, in Australia, I kind of think of it as like Labor is um, Democrat and Liberal is Republican, I guess, hmm. if you wanted to draw a parallel. Like, hmm. like, our Liberal Party is not Liberal as in morally Liberal, it's Liberal as in 
careful with the economy and conservative ish values and stuff. Interesting. Interesting. And the Labour Party's more like, yeah, just spend money on stuff and <laughs> things. <laughs> so anyway, we have to go I have to go vote today or else I'll get in trouble and not really looking forward to it. But then again, it's better than the choice that you guys have. <laughs> yeah, we've we've got an interesting one coming up. Well, we're yeah. not going to talk about that. Anyway, we <laughs> shouldn't talk about religion or politics, but we like talking about religion, so politics can just get stuffed. Let's talk about the news. <laughs> Sounds good. This is Tech You Should Know, the part of the show where we bring you seven tech news stories from throughout the past week that we feel are worth your consideration. Oculus has backtracked on its DRM that prevents other VR headsets from playing Oculus Rift games. Previously, Oculus implemented a hardware check on all games purchased from its store that disabled people trying to port those games for play on their HTC Vives. But Oculus has now removed that DRM rule, giving hope for an open VR ecosystem, which is more in line with the creator of the Oculus Rift's original stance on the issue. Twitter's jumping onto the stickers train with hashtag stickers. Hashtag stickers, which has been announced but not available quite yet, is a feature that mainly just lets you put stickers on your pictures as you tweet them, but they're also searchable, letting you see what other pictures have had the same hashtag sticker attached to them. No... I'm not looking forward to this, but anyway, keep going. Hashtag stickers will be available on iOS and Android on the official Twitter app soon and will be available to be viewed on the web. Do you know why you're not looking forward to it, Craig? Do I know why? Or are you telling me that you know why and you're about to tell me? I think I know why. Do you want to know why? I do want to know why I don't like it. It's because you hate Snapchat and this is clearly a Snapchat (laughs) ripoff. What? No! (laughs) That is not the same thing. Craig, come clean. We all know. I do hate Snapchat, but that's not the same thing. <laughs> no, Craig. <laughs> okay, okay, in all seriousness, I think this is actually in- pretty interesting because this is one of the first features that I've seen Twitter announce that I can't see being easily implemented into third-party Twitter applications. Like, oh, I could see point. Twitter moments being implemented into third-party Twitter applications if Twitter were to open the API. Um, and the same with, you know, the other things that that they've announced thus far, but hashtag stickers, how do you get, you know, a whole ecosystem of rotating stickers inside a third party uh, client like that? Like it, this feels like Twitter's trying to come into its own. Finally, like it has a point for its own app. You sound like an angry developer, Derek. Oh, I'm not. No, this is genuinely interesting to me. Like <laughs> I'm not saying Twitter not being able to, to, to the third party apps, but I'm saying this is an interesting move on Twitter's part. That um, maybe it's just because you hate Snapchat, Derek. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I, no, no, you hate Snapchat, dude. <laughs> I just don't understand Snapchat. I misunderstand it. Anyway, Craig, we're talking going. about Twitter here. Come on, man, don't get them confused. <laughs> hey, you brought it up. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Evernote has revamped its lineup and pricing model for its services. The most, sni- the most significant change and one that seems to not be sitting well with people such as Ben is that the Boo. basic plan, the basic plan, <laughs> the basic plan, which is free now is limited to syncing across two devices in contrast to the unlimited number of devices before. And now hmm. the paid tiers are also being raised by 40% for new subscriptions. Yeah, I like Evernote. I don't like the new pricing. 
I dropped Evernote. I moved everything to Apple Notes. I'm considering moving to Google Keep, but I haven't made that decision yet, so we'll see. I understand why they did it. They're probably not making enough money, which is probably because Apple keeps stealing all their features, and so they're <laughs> stealing their customers, which I get that. However, they clearly did this to make the money that they're not getting, but they're losing more money because people like me are just leaving. So, I don't know. It's kind of a sad state of affairs of software as a service businesses. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's not really SaaS. S- yeah, I don't know. Yep. Amazon is creating a new way of selling mobile phones. And no, this isn't another attempt at a Fire Phone, which was Amazon's original phone that bombed pretty badly. Um, but this is Amazon the essentially Fire picking phone. up... Fire <laughs> Phone? That's the worst name ever. The Fire Phone? That's... Yeah, that's like something you'd call if there's an emergency or something, like quick grab the fire phone, you know, <laughs> well, like, it like, follows, a, like a fire hose or whatever. To be fair, it follows like Amazon's like uh, Kindle naming, like there's Kindle, oh, yeah. there's there's Amazon Spark, which is I think their browser, uh, there's the fire phone and fire tablet, uh, there's something else in there okay. too, but anyway... But but that's not this. The, this is a, Amazon essentially picking up where the carriers left off with subsidizing phones. Only this time, the money isn't being made by locking someone into a contract. Amazon is taking a similar approach to its Kindle line, making some models cheaper while infesting them with ads. The phones, labeled as prime exclusive phones, are unlocked but have lock screen ads, which means you can just unlock your phone and dismiss them. But I'm still trying to figure out who would be able to tolerate this. They are much cheaper phones, that's for sure. And it's permanent? Yeah. It's adware on your phone permanently. Hmm. So, there's that. The the first fatal crash associated with Tesla's autopilot feature has happened. It is a strange but legitimate scenario, unlike many people recently claiming that automatic features in the Tesla were responsible for accidents when they were really just being stupid with the features in the Tesla. The accident occurred on a divided highway in central Florida when a tractor-trailer drove across the highway perpendicular to the Model S. Neither the driver nor the car noticed the big rig or the trailer against the brightly lit sky, and brakes were not applied. In a tweet, Tesla CEO Elon Musk said that the vehicle's radar didn't help in this case because it, quote, tunes out what looks like an overhead road sign to avoid false braking events, unquote. The trailer was high enough that the Model S went underneath the trailer, and the impact happened between the windshield and the trailer. Um, Tesla has informed the National Highway Transportation Safety Administration about the incident, and they're now investigating. But I do have a follow-up. Apparently, the first person that arrived to the scene saw that there was a DVD player in the passenger seat playing Harry Potter. So this is probably the driver's fault anyway. Still, this is the first fatal crash this had to happen at some point. It's sad, but, you know. Was there a person watching? I mean, obviously not after the crash, but was there a person in the passenger seat or was that... um, No. Was the DVD player set up there for the driver? The DVD was set up presumably for the driver. So... Ah, okay. That's unfortunate. Don't watch and drive. Well, watch the road. Don't watch movies and drive. (laughs) I know it's an autopilot feature, but you still got to pay attention to your car. Yeah. <laughs> this uh, isn't my robot. Right. Google has announced the official name for Android N. It is... Nutella. Nuka. Nope, oh. nope. 
It's it's not Nutella. It's it- I thought it was going to be fire, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> fire doesn't start with N at all. <laughs> it, the N is silent. It could be N fire. <laughs> the N is silent. <laughs> it could be a- Android N fire. Uh, it is nougat. Delicious, creamy Android nougat. Um, Do you mean nougat? We call it nougat. Nougat? Really? Yeah, like we. This, the T is silent and I'm not kidding. Oh, interesting. Hmm. All right. I'm glad you said I'm yeah. not kidding because I legitimately didn't know if you were kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually still like about 20% unsure. <laughs> no, I'm serious. We could, Australians call nougat nougat. Huh. Okay. Interesting. You learn something new yeah. every day. There was another one that came up last week or whenever, sometime recently when you were away, Ben, and I was like, Ben would want to know that. It's a weird <laughs> thing that Australians say. I do. I anyway. do want to know. Spotify is throwing a hissy fit about something that Apple has done forever. The music streaming company this week is calling out the tech giant for rejecting its most recent app update, which takes out Apple's in-app subscription system and inserts Spotify's instead. Why on earth Spotify thought it could get away with doing what it's doing is anyone's guess, since no app is allowed to sell digital goods within an iOS app without using Apple's payment method. The reason that Spotify would want to do that is because Apple still takes 30% off the top, every off of any purchase made in app. However, while I think that the approach Spotify is taking is ludicrous, they do have some good points. Now that Apple has gotten into services with Apple Music, the limits it puts on other streaming apps financially would seem anti-competitive according to US and EU law, even though Apple has taken this approach ever since the App Store launched. I've been waiting all week for you to cover this story, Derek, actually, because yeah. uh, I wasn't exactly sure what to think of it, and now I feel like I have a lot better understanding of what's what exactly is going on. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, because Spotify was just claiming, oh, they just don't want a competitor to Apple Music, which sounds legit. Like, that's, you know, that's mm-hmm. fair to accuse them of, I suppose, Yeah, but they sort of have no no basis for it. Yeah, th- it's not like Apple is doing anything different to streaming apps than to anyone else. This right. has just always been Apple's policy. I mean, they'll let you put in your own payment um, payment thing for physical goods. Uh, yeah. And they won't take anything off the top, but for um, digital content. For digital content. Which is, yeah, I actually mentioned this in a, in a Tech You Should Know a few weeks ago um, about Amazon and why they don't have, you know, an Amazon video app on mm-hmm. Apple TV and things like that. Yep, yep. Now, there is, Apple is lightening up with the whole 15% like, like reducing that to 15% off the top for subscriptions that have stuck around longer than a year. Um, but still, Spotify isn't happy. So we'll see how this goes. We'll see how far Spotify gets. And that's all the take you should know this week. And if we left out something that you think we should have thought about, please, please feel free to email us at ask at techreformation.com. And you can follow us on Twitter at techreformation to find more tech you should know throughout the week. That's right. Because it's back. Ben has taken up the mantle, and it is wonderful. Thank Mm. you, Ben. Sure. I enjoy doing it. I hope people will give us feedback, though, um, on the tweets. I mean, if you, you know, uh, if you don't like something that I'm tweeting out about tech you should know, then let me know. Or if there's certain kinds of tech you would want to know more about, then uh, tweet at us and let us know. We'll see what we can do to, to help you out. That brings us to Tech You Should Use, 
is the part of the show where we discuss things that have been helpful for us in hopes that you'll be able to use them too. So this week I wanted to talk about Postman. Uh, Ben, have you heard of Postman before? Mm, I don't think so. Okay, so it's a developer's tool that I pretty much stumbled upon on accident. Um, And so I figured you'd be the only one to recognize it. Um, But anyway, what this does is whenever you need to test an API, so you have something on the web that gets back data. Say I have a call, say I'm making a website that has users and I need a call that says, who are all the users on my website? I would go to a URL, make a get request, just like you're requesting a web page, but instead of HTML, which is what browsers show, it would get back uh, JSON information. So just pretty text to make things readable to a computer. Um, this doesn't matter too much for non-developers, but developers will know everything I'm saying, hopefully. And for non-developers, as a developer, I can say, this is really interesting and I'm glad to hear about it. Thank you. <laughs> glad. So anyway, so that's a, so an API call. Whenever you're making those to get back your users, or if I want to save a new users, I would make a post request to, again, to a URL. Anyway, whenever you want to test these things, I've never known a good way to test them. Uh, I've known of curl. I'm sure some people have heard of curl. And that's all command line. You can make these get and post requests. But I never really found that very useful um, or figured out how to use it more specifically. If I can even use it on Windows, it seemed kind of complicated. Um, And then I found a Chrome app that did the same thing, but it just wasn't clean and useful. Uh, So finally, I stumbled across an app called Postman. And what Postman does is it makes it really easy to manage um, these API calls. So it lets you fill out all the things you could fill out in your code to make a call. um, And then it saves them. So say I want to make a GET request, I could put the URL in there, say this is a GET request, fill out um, any parameters I want to fill out, put in an authentication and all that and then hit send, and it gives you back the results in a pretty form. And on the left-hand side, it saves the that call. Um, and then I want to make a post, and then again, you can fill out all the headers and all that stuff. Send the post, gives you the results back, um, and it saves it to the left. So now I want to run that get request again. I just double-click on that, bam, it's there. Um, and then not only that, but you can save collections. So if there's a set of calls that you want to test regularly, uh, you can save them, and I think you can even automate it so it has a testing suite, and you can just run through your list of calls and what you expect to get back, and it's a, your own integration test system uh, for your APIs, and these can sync on a cloud, and a group of developers will uh, will be able to share these collections and share these tests and add new ones, um, and so it's just a really easy way to, whenever you're building a an, a web API, uh, to test it and consistently um, rerun the same tests uh, and so on. That makes sense. I I really like the graphic design of their website. I think they've done yeah, it's good. Yeah, extremely well. Nice. That's good. That's a plus. <laughs> Derek, why are you smiling? What? No. Why are you smirking? <laughs> Uh, I'm I'm reading through XKCD comics because I have no, <laughs> I have no idea what you guys are talking about. 
well, like I said, I I wouldn't know how to use Postman because I'm not a programmer. But yeah, I appreciate the pretty. web design. That's good. Uh, and it is free. And I think the organization it says go ahead and download our apps. They are free. Uh, so I guess they have more apps. All I know of is Postman. But Postman's and great. then the first thing in their main menu is pricing. <laughs> Oh, I guess the cloud costs. I never use the cloud because I just do it on my own. But It's $5 per user per month, apparently. Honestly, that is refreshing when someone puts pricing that up that up front because there are so many, like, quote-unquote, free-to-get-started plans uh, of, mm. or products that you have to dig through, like, four different pages in different corners to try to find the pricing. That This is very nice. Rant over. <laughs> yeah, it says basic zero dollars per person forever. But yeah, the cloud is five dollars. All right, well, that's a wrap on tech you should use. Our sponsor this week is missionalware.com. The place for all your theology apparel needs. A lot of the time when I'm talking about this, I'm thinking about mostly guys who are who are total nerds about theology. But ladies, you have some excellent options on missional wear too, as far as uh, shirts go. If you would like to proclaim your pride as a tulip girl, if you've got a couple of designs up there for you, there's also uh, some great t-shirts that you can actually customize to yourself. There's a sweet redeemed since, you know, fill in year here uh, t-shirt that is up and that is exclusive to the ladies. But guys, if you want to get in on the custom print uh, game, any uh, shirt with uh, like a the face of a theologian on it, you can put a custom quote on there in the back. So um, if you're a Spurgeon fan and you want to wear a Spurgeon shirt, but uh, you want to put a custom quote to them, you know, a, a quote that's really stuck out to you, you can emblazon that right on the back of the shirt and make your t-shirt your own. There's so much awesome stuff on missionalware.com. There's drinkware, there's home and office supplies, there's decals, and you can get gift certificates for anyone that you know that you know has a birthday coming up or you know you could start shopping for Christmas. It's never too early to shop for Christmas. So, get on to missionalware.com and when you check out, make sure that you mention that you heard about it from us. Thanks to Missionalware for sponsoring this week's Tech Reformation. Senior Life Journeys presents Carol Howell's Let's Talk Dementia, a podcast designed to help caregivers find knowledge, power, hope, and smiles in their dementia caregiving journey. Hi, this is Carol with Let's Talk Dementia. We are a podcast designed to help caregivers understand the caregiving journey and be more successful. It's something that's very important in my world because my mama has mid-stage Alzheimer's, my husband had a closed head injury, and we even had a miniature dachshund who was diagnosed with dementia. So dementia is a big part of my world, and I want to be the best caregiver possible, and I know you do too. Join me on Let's Talk Dementia. Together we'll learn, together we'll laugh, together we'll become better caregivers. Knowledge brings power, power brings hope, hope brings smiles, and we really need to smile.
All right, now it's time for our main topic. And this week we're going to talk about whether or not we should boycott technology. <clears throat> so here's the basic idea. There are lots of companies in the world, especially tech companies. Mm-hmm. Really? Yes. Yeah, this is this may be news to some. <laughs> Uh, there are big ones. I thought there was just Google, Apple, and Microsoft. No, no, there are the big ones like those. There are also small ones, and there are also medium-sized ones, and everything in between in the spectrum. And sometimes they make really great products or services uh, that we use and like. Uh, and they also, along with those things, might be involved in corporate activities uh, from time to time, such as supporting different causes um, or... You know, they may even have, depending on the company, nefarious business practices with how they um, build these products and services. Um, and I guess the, the basic question to us is, how far back from the product and the service that we use should we care about as Christians? If a company, you know, the typical typical line of thinking is, if a company's involved in some immoral activity, as we would understand it, should we boycott them and their products? And we can talk about that in general to start off with, but we'll go certainly a more technology-specific angle as we move on through the conversation. So, any initial thoughts from you guys? Do you have any examples, or you don't want to know specific examples? Um, I can give specific examples. Um, I, I wish I could give a more wide range of specific examples. Most of the examples I can think of that are pretty recent are... Um, Social issues, particularly homosexuality or LGBT issues. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think people probably are familiar with those. Um, You know, like Apple, for example, um, makes great products. I use iPhones and MacBooks, so maybe I'm showing showing my hand early. But everyone knows they're notoriously involved in um, LGBT advocacy uh, at political levels, as well as, you know, pulling... Some bigger companies like PayPal have pulled operations out of various states because of state legislative uh, laws around LGBT issues. Um, <clears throat> I saw recently in the news, which is what brought this topic up, that Tinder, um, the dating app, I guess. I'm not really sure. Loosely dating. Um, people discovery loosely app. Dating. Yeah, people discover. It's kind of like hot or not, which is terrible. But um, anyway, they are wanting to get better at um, serving transgender users. And so, uh, not necessarily saying that that's a specific example for we should boycott them, but it made me think, do I think enough about what companies, uh, the company's products that I use, what are they also involved in? Do I, should I care? Hmm. And mm-hmm. so, I just thought it'd be a good good thing for us to talk about, especially considering how, again, pervasive technology is in our lives. We tend to not think about it. We take it as a given um, and we've done a good job, I think, on this show of highlighting that, exposing that sometimes that we kind of are passive in our thinking about it um, and just give us an opportunity to to think deeply about it. So does that help? Yep. It's good. Yeah. So <laughs> I can tell Derek's about to take a hard line stance. I don't know which way, but I can tell it's coming. <laughs> so let's hear it. Well, I mean, OK, so I, I own an iMac. So clearly... Uh, Well, I don't know if I'm going to take a hardline stance on this. I think this is this is more of a conscience thing. You know, if this if there's something that really really bothers you about supporting a company, um, then you shouldn't support them if if you can. Now, there is a large problem 
with that line of thinking, it seems to me, because most everything that you see out there right now, um, with the exception of Chick-fil-A, is a secular company. <laughs> like th There are so many things that you use on a regular basis that are very secular companies and support very popular issues um, uh, in a popular way, such as the LGBT movement. Um, and like glorifying uh, that kind of activity. I mean, Apple just threw a, a pride parade last week uh, in San Francisco um, and, you know, blasted it all over Twitter and everything. So clearly they're very into this sort of thing. But, uh, and I remember people doing this to like Starbucks way back in the day when Starbucks was kind of one of the first famous uh, chains that came out supporting gay rights. Um, and so they just didn't drink Starbucks and that's fine. But ultimately you're not, you're not supporting them for their stances. You're supporting them for what they provide you. And if what they are providing is inherently sinful, then yeah, don't support them. You know, I, I wouldn't go donate to a strip club or anything. Um, that is something that is a part of their, uh, the part of their DNA as a company is, you know, strippers and, uh, yeah, sexual yeah. glorification outside of marriage. Um, so yeah, those are my initial thoughts on it. Yeah. W really quick. Let me just clarify. We're not talking about very obvious things like Derek just mentioned at the, at the end there, just briefly, like we're not talking about should Christians use pirate Bay to steal content. Yeah, right. It's an obvious one, right? I mean, we're not talking about like a pornography site. Should you buy Playboy? We're not talking about that. That's obvious. Like you you would be in sin if you did. Hmm. Um, <clears throat> but we're talking more about, I don't know, kind of the way you framed it was good. Secular companies who provide, it seems like to us, good products in, it seems like, ethical ways. Uh, you know, they're not employing child labor overseas or something, as far as we know. Um but they are involved in social and political issues or maybe even more like, let me give a couple more examples um, <clears throat> that I was thinking of because I think it might help. Um, Uber uh, is a company that is known politically for being a little bit nefarious uh, because it, it, they require so much legislation when they move into new areas uh, that they'll have lobbyists and various things involved at certain levels that some people are very uncomfortable with. Yeah, Uber's an interesting uh an interesting one because they tend to kind of have awful business practices. Like they, they like shoving people around and getting their own way, or at least the, the CEO of Uber tends to act like that. Um, in a way that I'm not sure that I would actually use Uber, um, because of how they, and, and, and this might be inconsistent on my part. I'm, I'm not sure. I haven't really thought about this, but, they're kind of a company that I don't really want to support because of their attitude as a company. So what's the difference? What's the, what's the difference in their attitude with how they treat their workers versus the attitude with how they treat their money, I guess, and where they're sending their money. That's a very good question. Well, and it's not that they're treating their workers poorly. It's that they're treating like mm. the existing industry poorly or trying okay, to gotcha. bully their way into legislation and, and all of that. Now, everyone yeah. has lobbyists. All big companies have lobbyists. So that's kind of a moot point. The, the, frankly, the thing is, 
It's hard to say to boycott a company because of uh, moral failures inside of a company because all companies have moral failure. Mm. Every, every company that you're going to deal with is has some kind of moral failing inside that you would very, very much disagree with. Doesn't mean you can't use their services uh, unless you feel like you're you providing that service directly affects, you know, child labor laws for for instance in third world com- countries like like having sweatshops. I don't know. There was a thing with Nike back in the day. Um, you know, that's something that you can watch. It, it yeah. See, a lot of that is has to do with with your conscience on the matter. I think. I think that's fair. The other example I I was thinking of was ad blockers. Uh, and whether we should use those. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, you, the argument could be made that um, various publication sites get make their money because of their ads. Um, and if you block their ads, then you're keeping them from making money. I don't, I don't know. I could see that line of arguing. I'm not saying I would use it. But um, just to make the point with the other two examples that it's a lot more than just a company's stance on social issues. That's not entirely what we're talking about here. Although that's definitely part of it. So... Here's here's my thoughts, and feel free to shoot them down because it's not an issue that I've. I mustn't. I must say I'm not like an avid um, boycotter. It's not something I have heaps of experience in um, deciding to not use certain companies. I guess I'll use Apple as an example because I do own quite a few Apple products. So Steve Jobs, uh, you know, started Apple, and it's pretty well known that he was into. Buddhism or whatever, like Zen stuff, religion stuff that I'm not comfortable with. <clears throat> now, the reason why I feel okay with buying Apple products, although there's things at the top level um, and in terms of their history and even some of the, um, maybe some of the theories of why their products are designed the way they are and whatever, um, is because the actual product itself doesn't scream that issue to me. So, I, when I'm looking at my iPhone... I don't feel like uh, Buddhism is being advertised to me. If Apple was to start openly in their ads um, or in their promotions or anything that's public-facing, um, advocating for something that I thought was actually leading people down a dangerous path, whether that's a particular religion or uh, a false religion, sorry, um, or you know, immoral sexual stuff or whatever, that's where I would probably start to say I may need to draw a line here. Uh, because they're, they're changing it from people within an organization holding a view to an organization pushing a view to society. Um, and that's where I think I'd I'd consider drawing a line for a boycott. Does that make sense? So what about, I think it does make sense. So what about like Twitter? I think Ben just said that uh, they're having a parade. They had a parade, which, <laughs> which maybe it's not... Um, Maybe the parade is not on Twitter, like you don't have to, when you sign into Twitter, you don't see it, but the people who were in the area of that parade are seeing it, if that makes sense. Or like maybe Target and the transgender bathroom issue, Um, when you go there, I don't know how visible it is, but maybe they have a sign that says anyone can use our bathrooms, and so (coughs) it's not everywhere but just the fact that it's there somebody is being impacted even if it's not you does that how does that impact the way you're i would boycott target because of the transgender issue because they have made it public and they've promoted the fact that they're doing something that i see as 
um, morally wrong. So what about the Twitter parade thing? Wait, yeah, how is that different than Apple and the, the Pride Parade? Yeah, yeah, see, I don't know. This is going to get really hazy really quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd probably, uh, you know, I'm being pushed, if I was being pushed to answer that, I'd probably say, no, I wouldn't boycott on that basis because I know I already know that Apple has <clears throat> a liberal stance on sexuality. Uh, and so, if there's, a, if there's a day called Gay Pride Day, um, then will Apple be involved in it? Probably, because they have that stance. It's still not the same as like the next iPod ad that comes out. Um, the the iPod or the iPhone or whatever being advertised by two gay guys or and, you know, they're kissing on the screen on the ad and all this kind of thing. Like it just, I think what I'm saying is for me to choose to boycott, it would have to be pretty blatant, um, co- like continual decisions to actually communicate um, through their products rather than just a company saying this is where, you know, we sort of, we're like an open workplace or whatever when it comes to sexuality, which I still think is morally wrong that they don't draw any, um, they obviously don't take God's law as the um, standard. But yeah, I think for me it would be about like, I don't feel like I'm being advertised to with things that are evil from Apple. And maybe that's just because I'm not an American and they don't hold Australian gay pride parades. <laughs> maybe it would be different if I was living over there. Who knows? Well, here's the thing that we have to think about. Uh, I'm, I'm still working through this in my head as as we're going. But wretch is going to wretch, right? I mean, sinners are going to sin. They're they're going to glorify sin. They're going to glorify rebellion against our Creator. But there's a lot of them out there, and we have to live in this world. We have to, um, you know, survive. We we could live off of purely Christian. Uh, purely Christian companies, but there's not a lot of Christian companies out there making computers that are really excellent for running the church on. You know, there's, I I think we have to think about the uh, food sacrifice, food sacrifice to idols, I think could come into play here. Um, And this would be the conscience thing that I would be talking about earlier, that uh, eating food sacrifice to idols is not wrong you can you can eat that food to the glory of god knowing that there is you know uh that there is no god but one um and uh and eat that food but other people will have uh uh, will feel like they are sinning if they do that and so it is not right for them to do that and then you wouldn't eat it around them and then you wouldn't eat it around them because that's the weaker brother scenario right Right. And it's food sacrificed to idols explicitly that is, right, used in that weaker brother example, isn't it? Right. Yeah. I, yes, I believe so. Yes. And be careful, however, that the exercise of your rights does not become a stumbling block to the weak. Yeah. Um, so, that's interesting. It, that's in First Corinthians, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I was thinking of another passage in First Corinthians. I'm actually glad that you said that again, Derek, because I heard you say something similar earlier, and I wanted to bring this up, mm-hmm. but I felt like I'd been talking too much. <laughs> <laughs> Not at um, all. Not at all, brother. Thank you. Uh, so, in First Corinthians chapter 5, uh, you guys probably know that Paul's talking about kicking somebody out of the church who's uh, apparently been sleeping with their mom. Yes. kind of what's going on? Yeah, that was the next uh, thing the I was going to get to. Yeah, perfect. I'm glad we both thought of this. Um, at the beginning of the, the chapter, that's what he's talking about. But then at the end, towards the end of the chapter, 1 Corinthians 5, verse 9, he says, I wrote to you in my letter not to associate with sexually immoral people. Not at all meaning that the people of this world who are immoral 
or the greedy and swindlers or idolaters. In that case, you would have to leave this world. But now I am writing to you that you must not associate with anyone who claims to be a brother or sister, but is sexually immoral or greedy or an idolater or slanderer, a drunkard or swindler. Do not even eat with such people. And so Paul here makes a uh, significant distinction between someone who claims Christ and is living a life of sin versus uh, the person of the world who we would expect to live a life of sin uh, and does according acts according to their nature. And he also says that if we were going to um, if we were going to not associate with that second group of people, then we would have to leave the world. So it sort of goes back to what Derek was saying earlier about every company is immoral at some level, although there are very varying degrees um, probably of their involvement in certain things. Mm-hmm. Certainly are. Um, but if you wanted to get away from all of it, you'd have to leave the world. And I really think that this phrase is important because it's Jesus who says, I do not ask that you take them out of the world in John 17. And I think he's keying off of that. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a really good distinction to make because a lot of the times uh, when we're boycotting, we're boycotting, you know, secular companies. We're not boycotting Christian companies. And when whenever there's talk about not associating with someone in the Bible, that doesn't really have to do with the world around us that is sinning it has to do with the christian the people who claim to be believers that are uh living uh unrighteous lives or blatantly unrighteous lies lives and so boycotting i feel like for the christian shouldn't apply as much to uh the secular companies around us but perhaps more for companies that claim to be christian or uh, bands that claim to be Christian, but they they uh, but they do something that is clearly blatantly not Christian. I don't know what Craig, you're shaking your head over there about that. About that, is there something <laughs> I need to clarify? Yeah. Oh no no no. I I I guess I disagree a little bit on that one. Um, I think I've mentioned before one of my fr- favorite bands growing up was MXPX. Uh-huh. Those guys were in the Christian scene back in the day, and now from what I can tell from listening to them on podcasts and stuff. Um, I don't think any of them take church seriously these days, Mm -hmm. Um, but I don't boycott their music because of that. Um, I don't know why I would, I guess is, is what I'm saying. Yeah, I get, but I I do agree with what you said before, Uh, just quickly to go back to the food sacrifice to idols thing. I think it's a, the end of the day, it's going to be a personal decision um, and something that, if you, if you personally feel like you need to boycott something, then that's between you and God. That's a that's your conscience and, and whatever you need to reflect on the reasons for that and, and I guess the outcome of that, whether or not it's um, something that you actually feel uh, you need to take that kind of stand on. It's not something that we as Christians should enforce on everyone else around mm-hmm. us. But it seems like there are two things. If you take food sacrifice to idols, which was great, the, uh, very relevant to this conversation, if you take that in line with um, you know, the First Corinthians 5 thing, there are two things that we absolutely have to do because Scripture tells us we have to, right? One is we can't leave mm-hmm. the world because we're called to be in the world and make disciples uh, and and advance the kingdom of God by the, through the spread of the gospel, right? Um, we can't do that. We can't leave the world. And the other thing is, it seems, right, that Paul is saying we shouldn't associate with people who claim Christ and yet are 
And he gives a specific list. It's probably more encompassing than this, but he says uh, sexually immoral, greedy, idolater, slanderer, drunkard, or swindler. I imagine you could generalize that to say someone who's living a life of blatant sin and yet claiming Christ. Um, yeah, okay. So the example I used was not the, the exact same thing as what's in 1 Corinthians 5, and therefore it's probably not an appropriate example. At at the same time, I think I think I tend to agree with you like boycotting Christian companies really isn't like that, that passage doesn't really apply to that scenario either. Like it's, it's very much of a church thing, like within the church companies are, are a little bit weird when it comes to that, but it's different. Anyway. I'm really yeah. glad you said that. Cause I was thinking the same thing. I, I agree with what Derek just said as well. And, but what I'm saying is about my example, not being the best one. Um, the reason that i I'm okay with still listening to MXPX's music is because I don't feel like they are um, claiming Christ and living differently to that mm-hmm. i think they have stopped claiming christ and so do you know what yeah. i mean and so i find that incredibly sad but that's that's where they're at that's their current and so they're not tr- pretending to be something they're not and then living a life behind closed doors that's different to that they're mm-hmm. open about where they're up to and and so i kind of go well i still enjoy their music do i agree with their lifestyle choices um not always depending on what it is um but that doesn't mean I have to, you know, if, if otherwise we could not ever listen to any non-Christian bands. No, 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 you know no, no. I mean? that's not what I was saying. I wasn't applying it to you should boycott MXPX. I was saying um, in response to it's only a conscience thing and we can't mandate that on, on other people. We can't mandate anything on other people is kind of what it sounded like. But, yeah, sure. but the point was, I, I think it's pretty clear that there are two things from this particular pa- passage that do does apply to all Christians regardless of conscience. You can't leave the world. And you're not supposed to associate with people who say they're Christians but don't act like it. In certain certain levels, of course, and I, I was sort of trying to bring it out with bring out the list that, that Paul gives. But I think what Derek said is really interesting, and this was the second question I wanted to ask about that passage. Um, clearly, this is in the context of local church, and also it's in the context of relationships with people and not necessarily buying the products that companies uh, produce, right? So there's some at least maybe different categories, but some at least nuance there of how we would apply this or even if we would apply this to uh, the scenario of boycotting various technologies. Um, and I wanted to know what you guys thought about how the, di- the differences between um, the differences between sort of not associating with a product versus not asso- associating with a person, if you think that's a distinction that we could use here. I think there's one distinction. Uh, whenever we associate with a person and they want to go hang out at a gay pride parade, for example, we don't have to go with them. Um, it would be better if we didn't go with them, most likely, unless we were mm-hmm. really certain that there was a way that we would be able to show them Christ through going there. Uh, but anyway, we don't have to support gay rights with them or abortion or whatever topic we want to cover. Um Whenever we support a company, then say, I don't know, say um, Apple is using 0.1% of every dollar they make, which is probably way too much, 0.01% of every dollar they make to fund... That's like $300 million, Tank. (laughs) (laughs) 0.001, whatever, you know what I'm getting at. (laughs) Amount of money that goes to support gay rights, whether in their parade or whether they fund some other organization. That means 0.001% of every dollar we spend on Apple is going to support that. 
uh, those, those things. So as I was saying, we don't, whenever we're loving a person, whenever we're trying to serve and associate with them, we don't have to support gay rights with them. When we're supporting a company with our money, then we are essentially not on purpose, of course, but we're essentially supporting those rights with our money. 0.0001% of our money is going to that cause. Um, and if there are, are alternatives that sure, definitely going to go fund some immoral thing, uh, maybe just a guy's yacht or whatever, um, maybe those alternatives would be a better choice. So that's a thought. What do you guys think of, of that distinction that I made? That's not exactly what I meant <laughs> when oh. I was asking, but I, th I think Sorry. it's, yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree with you. I guess, uh, the different scenario, suppose somebody wants to go to Starbucks with you. Starbucks is a company who's notoriously famous for, um, supporting the same things Apple does, right? Um, nine times out of 10, maybe every time I'm probably not going to decline because it's an opportunity for, um, good conversation, further relationship, uh, in the hopes that we would be able to carry out the commission to make disciples. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I mean, I definitely see the scenario you're talking about and I would say the same thing you do. Um, I think there are maybe different categories, um, where we're sort of further removed, I guess, is the best way to say it. I don't particularly like that. Um, but, I mean, nobody is going to sit here and say that Starbucks isn't involved in the same kind of thing, right? Um, but I also wouldn't decline uh, a request to go out for coffee with somebody if uh, if they wanted that to talk about mm -hmm. spiritual things or even just further relationship with somebody who doesn't know Christ. Like, I, I just personally, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say no to that. But are you saying that you would... If you had, if you were alone and you had the choice to go between Starbucks or any other given coffee company, do you sometimes still choose Starbucks? Oh, I would make coffee at home because I'm cheap. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the concept, does it make sense? Yeah, it I does mean, make sense. We go and to, I would say... We go to Starbucks um, all the time and my conscience is not... I mean, well, my, my wife really likes Starbucks coffee. And so that's the reason we go get Starbucks. It's not because we feel like they uphold our moral values or anything. Um, but yeah, just as uh, that's what we do. Yeah. And I, I would agree, I think with you, Derek, uh, there that, yeah, I mean, I don't necessarily have a problem with going to Starbucks if I'm by myself or if it's me and my wife. Mm -hmm. um, and I think we can say with the apostle Paul that if we did have a problem with that, we would have to leave the world and we can't do that because at some level, every company is involved in these kinds of things, whether we like it or not. Um, and so, if you want to stop doing business uh, with all of these companies, or with one of these companies, then you need to be consistent and stop doing business with all of them, number one. And number two, then you're put in a position where you have to be Amish, or you have to be fundamentalist and leave the world and start Christian countries and societies and businesses and fund everything in your own little Christian bubble. And we can't do that either, because how are we going to make disciples when we're in the holy huddle, right? Right, right. So, there's one other thing I wanted to mention. Um and I don't like being the king of pushback, so I'll try and make it fairly brief. <laughs> um, but there's a couple of... I've just been sort of searching as we've been talking about this, um, and I came across a couple of Desiring God uh, articles. One is a Ask Pastor John um, response to a question about should we um, support companies that uh, promote sin or whatever. Um, and the other one is, is just simply called Goodbye Burger King. Uh, and basically, I think the distinction that he makes... Um, is similar to the one I was trying to make earlier. So, he says um, that, uh, you know, 
he's been in the past. John Piper says he's been happy to um, go to Burger King and eat their burgers. He enjoys a good hamburger, um, and that's fine. He can enjoy that hamburger as a hamburger, not as a promotion of a particular agenda that comes with the company that he's eating at, the restaurant that he's eating at. Um, because at that point, if he's just going there for the burger, his conscience isn't implicated by by anything and he's not responsible for the choices of the company, which is what I think you guys have been saying, that um, every company is going to have some something in the closet that they're not, that isn't um, in line with the Christian worldview. And so people shouldn't be implicated just from being involved um, with the company on that level. But then he says he saw a video, uh, which was some kind of advertisement, um, that portrayed um, a little girl going up and saying, I love my two mummies or something. It was portraying the homosexual um, lifestyle as as a good moral option, basically. Um, and Piper's saying he knows that that's a reality. The same-sex attraction is a reality in society, but it's a broken one. Um, and, and then he goes and, and talks about 1 Corinthians 10, which is the exact thing we've just been talking about. Um, and what he says is, um, this is not about... Um, endorsing, just endorsing same-sex attraction. He says, they want to go on record as publicly and blatantly as possible that their restaurant represents the championing of homosexual intercourse. When that happens, I'm put in a situation like the person in 1 Corinthians 10 who's told by his dinner host, oh, by the way, this meat that you're about to eat, we are celebrating the sacrifice to an idol. And Paul says, okay, now at this point, your freedom to eat at an unbeliever's house, which you certainly have, is overruled by an act of love that says the meat is no longer mere meat. It is a symbol of sin. So to avoid confusing your host or anybody else watching, don't eat it because now the idol connection turns your eating into a kind of endorsement or at least a statement of indifference to idolatry. So he goes on to say he's not he's not starting a boycott for all Christians because that's not something he's called to do. That's not his place. Uh, but for him personally... Uh, it would have been, he thinks it would have been wrong to continue down that path with Burger King. I can see us getting a lot of feedback on this one, um, <laughs> which will be fun. And uh, <laughs> particularly something I said earlier about, uh, you know, if you're going to boycott, be consistent and boycott them all. And I just want to clarify one thing I wasn't saying, <laughs> um, that for all of us, regardless of what our position is, we have a line somewhere. As someone earlier, I don't remember who, uh, rightly pointed out, none of us are going to go to a strip club. N- none of us are going to buy Playboy, right? We, we just can't do that. Like, there, there's clearly a line there, right? And so, um, I just want to say, like, there's obviously a line somewhere for all of us. And we certainly have to figure out what that is. And conscience definitely plays maybe the most important part. Um, I guess I would just want to affirm that there are certain um, things that we can all agree to. Um, and, and I'm not saying that, uh, I'm not saying the opposite of what the conversation started with, which is just don't care and do whatever, buy whoever has the best product. Uh, that's exactly what we were trying to avoid, um, the attitude of. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, my, my line there, there is a line with me and Apple, you know, if they started emblazoning across the back of their computers, you know, gay pride, I would consider building my own computer and running Linux, but (laughs) it's not at that point. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. So that's back to what I was saying at the beginning of the conversation. Mm -hmm. When they start actively pushing it as an organization through the products that they're selling you, that's when I would, that like, Mm -hmm. thank you. Yeah. And, and with, (laughs) I feel like now we're on the same. And for some people, uh, that, that spot is when Burger King runs an ad celebrating, uh, homosexuality. Um, but 
for other people, that's that's not where that line is. It, you know, it's when they start printing sure. rainbows on the burger it's buns. Personal, personal conscience at that yeah, point. Yeah, right. Right. Yeah, I, I guess the point, my reason for bringing up First Corinthians 5 was if we draw our line so far down the, down the road, then we end up, in order to be consistent, we have to boycott like every company and leave the world. And that's the point. Like no one needs to go that far, right? So it's like there's a line somewhere, yes, it shouldn't cause us to have to leave the world. That was my point there. No. It's not an all or nothing approach. Yes. And nothing right. ever is. Yeah. And nothing, like, it's very hard to live in a black and white world in that way. There has yeah. to be a middle zone somewhere. Yeah. Tank, it doesn't look like you're buying in. What are your thoughts? <laughs> it's okay if you are, just like, what are your thoughts? You look like you're thinking pretty deeply. Yeah, this is one that I um, have thought quite a bit about since the Target thing. Um, and I still, I bought something at Target today, so <laughs> there's that. <laughs> I guess we know. <laughs> but I'm still not sold. Uh, um, I, I lean toward, like, as far as, I'm, I still, am st- still wondering about it. Like, should I continue um, that? And my thought, along with what I said earlier, like, some of my money is going to support gay rights. And I know that for certain. So that's one part of it. Um, but I wonder how much, first, how much of my view, how much of my view is clouded by what I want? Like, I mean, Apple obviously is going to be mm. huge for you guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, not for yeah. me because I don't use Apple, but like, how could you guys give up Apple? <laughs> that's, that's, it would be like me giving up Microsoft. That's mm-hmm. uh, what I just l- live on every day. Uh, so I think part of us is going to be clouded by, how convenient it is. Target had the best price for luggage. I bought it there. Um, and so there, there's that fact that I'm trying to think past. Like if it was a company that, if it was Target, but everything they had sucked, you know. <laughs> but for whatever reason, I had two options, Target and Walmart. And I need one thing that's at Target and Walmart. And in this world, Walmart's awesome. I know it's not. <laughs> but I would probably go to Walmart, you know. And I might even spend five bucks more at Walmart. Um, so anyway, I just, that's just me trying to think past my own desires. Uh, I would try to avoid those companies just because I know a very, very, very small percentage of my money is going to go there. And so like you're saying, what shouldn't I, to be consistent, shouldn't I always work a little bit harder to avoid those? Um, and so kind of where I'm starting to lean, obviously I'm not there yet since I've still drink Starbucks, still work at Target, or still buy stuff at Target. Uh, I want to read a different uh, different Piper quote that I read around the time of this whole Target stuff. Um, and so anyway, he says, uh, so in answer to the last part of the question, would you, John Piper, use a gender open restroom even if it says men on the door? My answer is, if I were there and if I had to, I would, just like I would stop on the highway if I had to. But I wouldn't if I didn't have to. And the reason I wouldn't is because I want there to be a small act of protest and life consistency that may have no impact at all on the powers that make such decisions, but that keep my conscience clear and acknowledge God in a practical affair and give a consistency to my life that does help overall in showing the way of Christ to the world. And so anyway, that uh, has kind of always rung with me that um, I have a friend who is not a Christian, but he boycotts things like Chick-fil-A and um, Hobby Lobby and stuff like that just to make a stance. Like I disagree with these things. Um, and so 
I wonder if in my life it would be more light to the world if I just said, yeah, I don't shop at those companies because of the things they support. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's kind of where I stand on it. Like I said, I'm not sold on it, but there's, there's all my views that I've just spit out. Yeah. <laughs> well, this has been a fascinating conversation and it's a hard one, huh? Yeah. Yeah, it is. And we, those are just some of our thoughts too. Yeah. If, if you have any feedback on this or on any episode for that matter, feel free to jump in the Slack at slack.techreformation.com and let us know what you think. Um, push back on us a little bit uh, or, or agree with us or, you know, whatever you want to do. Um, Hopefully this week the episode discussion channel can be um, all about this topic. So whether or not we should boycott companies or products or their services based on what else they're involved in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and w- I would love it if specific comments are made uh, in response to or in agreement with things we've said on the show. It'd be so great. Yeah. So we'll see you all there. You guys got any recos? Yeah, I do. Um, all right, so my reco is a conference called Reengage. It's being held in October in Brisbane, Australia. So this is for our Australian listeners. Um, I think there's a few out there other than myself. Um, it's a conference that is uh, to do with apologetics and um, basically has three speakers. It's a one-day thing on a Saturday. Um, Jeff Durbin's coming over from the US to speak. Um, Dr. Taz Walker, who has a Bachelor of Science and a Bachelor of Engineering. Um, so, he works for Creation Ministries and a guy called Dr. Ron Nella, who holds a couple of degrees, uh, including a PhD in fluvial geomorphology, also from Creation Ministries International. So, um, sounds like it should be pretty interesting, uh, really good speakers by the looks. So, I'm flying up on a Friday night and coming back on a Sunday afternoon. Um, really looking forward to it. So, if you... Uh, interested in apologetics and would like to hear Jeff Durbin speak uh, live and you're in Australia, um, check out the conference. Registration's like $15, so super cheap. For me, the flights was the only difficulty, but that's all sorted, so I'm looking forward to it. Sweet. Uh, my record this week is part of an Accidental Tech podcast episode that just came out this past week, um, and the section I'm talking about is where they were talking about screen time for kids. And basically parenting with, you know, the the increasing number of screens that surround us. And I haven't heard a whole lot of people talk on this, uh, except for, you know, people mostly saying, ah, keep your kids away from screens. That's generally a good idea. Um, but they had a very uh, intelligent intelligent conversation about it, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, it's helping me to parse through some, some things in my head, and I plan on talking with Tanya about it, too. Um so, yeah, I recommend that. Uh, it is linked to the precise timestamp. So, have at it. And I would like to make two recommendations this week. Is that allowed? Uh, ben, you're such a recommendation yes. hog. <laughs> That's funny. Oink, oink, oink. <laughs> <laughs> um, the first is, 
page flip on Kindle uh, by Amazon, um, which is they released Kindle for iOS version 5 this week with a big new feature. It's not even really that big of a feature, in my opinion, and I've used it. Um, but it's awesome. Like, it's super useful. I love it. Um, it is called page flip, as I said. And, um, basically I use Kindle on my iPhone, as I've mentioned, and I do the speak screen thing that I've talked about in a previous episode, um, in detail and navigating around, um, books in Kindle, especially ones that are just kind of pasted out there as text instead of all the chapters in the ebook format is really, really difficult. But now it's a lot easier with page flip. Um, because you can just tap on it and then swipe and you get to see all the pages or you can like minimize out to sort of blocks of each of the pages. It's cool. Check it out if you're into that kind of thing. Number two, Dashboard by Twitter, and I think it's only on iOS, uh, is a really cool tool that they just released for business, small business accounts. Um, and I've been using it for, um, like my church's Twitter account and tech reformation kind of. Um, and it's just a better, like, it's really just a better version of Twitter. You can schedule tweets native to Twitter. Um, wow. Yeah, it's really cool. I like it. You should check it out if, if that's your thing. I realize both of those probably aren't relevant for everybody, but uh, if you're interested in either of those things, they're really cool. Ben, I think you should boycott PageFlip because they're using it to advertise with the yin-yang symbol on the iPhone thing on the website. Oh, really? I didn't even know that. That's it. <laughs> Actually, it looks really cool. They've got a really good uh, promo video TV commercial. I just watched it as well. I liked how the yeah. elderly person is the one that's using the technology. Yeah, see what they did there. Their their technology is so useful, even old people like. (laughs) And if you would like to connect with us, the best way to do that is in our Slack team, which you can sign up for for free at slack.techreformation.com. Feel free to follow us on Twitter or Facebook. You can uh, find us on either one of those platforms. You can also check out our website, techreformation.com, to search for past shows and topics. And you can email us at ask at techreformation.com. Questions, feedback, comments, whatever. We'd love to hear them. We are a part of the Theology Mix Network. You can check out the links to the website and iTunes down below. Look at some of the other podcasts that are in the network. Uh, we've, there are some great ones in there. Uh, highly recommend them. Breaking news. For the first time in my memory, we are not in the top part of the religion and spirituality section of Overcast any longer. So I need Whoa. you all... We're the ones who told everyone about that section. I need you all That's who are listening to this, using Overcast already, to swipe right and tap the star to get us back in that section, which I believe we were a pioneer in yep, starting that we and were. getting it up there high in the charts. And Preach. now all these other all these other Christian podcasts and even some pagan podcasts are getting out there recommended more than us. It's just it cannot it is a insanity immorality that cannot consist <laughs> much longer. We need you listeners to help us by recommending us on Overcast. Is the Robcast still in there? I think so. It's not oh, really immoral dear. by the way. The the fact that we're not in the top. That's terrible. <laughs> But we'd like to be back in the town. Also, you can review us on iTunes. Leave us a rating and a review. Um, and you don't have to go to the clunky desktop app to do that. You can do it right from the podcast app on your iPhone if you're using one to listen to this. The music that we use every week is used by special permission of Matthew Parker. We're really grateful to him. This has been Tech Reformation. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.
I went to Guinness Book of World Records recently, and um, this is they... the most stream of consciousness <laughs> show we've ever done. <laughs> I figured this wouldn't be on there, but it came. We're all tired, so anyway, a guy's eating six bicycles, a personal computer, um, and a lot of other metal things. <laughs> does he eat the whole bicycle in one, yeah. or does he just eat the parts? I think he eats the parts. How is that? He oh, has yeah. consumed an entire bicycle, an entire personal computer, and some more stuff. How is, is this relevant dead? again? Ben said he's going to eat the mic. <laughs> oh, oh, of, of course. You're supposed to drop it, not eat it. I followed that part, how it was relevant. I didn't follow the part about eating bicycles. He eats all the bits of a bike, but I don't mm-hmm. know how he eats the um the bit that holds the chain on. It's like all spiky and too subtle, huge. Amazon is always too subtle, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> Derek's just going to keep going. <laughs> Probably the best plan.